0: this is Tiger cats today this is tie cats today for a Thursday September the 16th 2021 Hamilton Tigerheads just wrapping up their walkthrough ahead of tomorrow night's game against the Calgary stampeders right here at Tim Horton's field a 7 p.m kickoff of course coverage will start at 6 pm with Andy fan on Tiger cats pre-game presented by active green and Ross on the Cats Audio Network. RJ Broadhead, Luke Tasker will have the call beginning at 7. Thanks for joining us today. we got a great show for you. Coming up, we're going to hear from Coach Orlando Steinauer. We're going to hear from David Watford, and we'll check in with uh, a birthday boy, David Unger Third, turned 26 today, and we had a chance to catch up with him after practice. We're going to be joined by the CFL.ca's Chris O'Leary. Get his thoughts on uh, this upcoming game and just kind of where the Ticats and Stamps are at the kind of third way point of the season. We'll run through the depth chart in just a second. But first, in some non-TiCats related news, uh, an outdoor game will be taking place right here at Tim Hortons Fields. The NHL announced today that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres will play the 2022 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic at Tim Hortons Fields on march the 13th 2022 so very exciting news for the city of hamilton i'm uh, very excited for uh, everybody who works here everybody who worked hard uh to build this stadium to bring an nhl game here and, uh, and a very exciting day uh for uh hamilton sports fans for leafs fans for Sabres fans but uh wanted to acknowledge that right off the top all right let's get right into the depth chart though looking at this Hamilton Tiger cats team. And let's start on offense because we mentioned we're going to be hearing from David Watford. That's because David Watford has been named the starter in this game. Uh, Some of the changes on offense right there. We know Dane Evans is out four to six weeks. So it will be David Watford starting and Jeremiah Masoli backing him up. Uh, We'll hear from coach Ho on the kind of rationale behind that decision in just a little bit. Uh, Other changes on offense. Um, we have Sean Thomas Erlington moving from kind of the starter to the third string running back, Jackson Bennett listed as the starter. Um, That's one change we have there. That means that, uh, you know, we have a couple of guys um, moving around in the running back position with Jackson Bennett, Malik Irons, and then Sean Thomas Erlington. Other than that, everything kind of lines up the same. You got Dunbar jr. And Unger, the third, uh, Receivers, they're out wide. You got Jalen Acklin, uh, Tim White, Pappy White listed as a slot back. Uh, Nikola Kalinic, Felix gran uh listed at fullbacks. And then from left to right, offensive line, no changes. It's Okafor, Revenberg, Sirocco, Yarbrough, and Murray. So obviously the big change there. Joel Watford starting. Jeremiah Masoli backing him up. And on defense, not a whole lot of changes to let you know about. Uh, but Siante Evans draws back into the lineup. Frankie Williams moves back to the corner. Siante uh, lines up in his regular spot. Jamal Roll, Karyl Brooks—they've been unstoppable. Kind of on the uh, the the, uh, the weak side. Uh, they're back. Tunde Adeleke there. No changes at linebacker for the sixth week in a row. Simone Lawrence, Joe Santos Knox, and Cam Kelly will uh, will handle the middle. And then up front, you got Jagger Davis, Teddy Laurent, Dylan Wynn, and Julian House And uh, I guess one change of kicker. Uh, Bertolette will be back. Is uh, the uh, kicker Domagall listed as the uh, punter, uh, and then Gordon White, long snapper, Frankie Williams handling the return duties. So that's how the Ticats will line up against the Calgary Stampeders tomorrow night. For more on this, let's hear from the head coach Orlando Steiner as he spoke after practice today. It's just
1: uh, yeah, there's too much to list here, but after all the information that we got and you know talking with. The therapy staff seeing how Jeremiah was feeling. Uh, This is the way that we've decided to start. So David will go out there for us. Uh, Jeremiah is definitely available to play. And we'll go from there. Come on, man. We don't put anybody out there that we don't think we can win with. Thanks, coach. Thank you. Uh, No, absolutely not. Sure didn't. Uh, we knew that there'd be a lot of talk and, and uh, discussion about who was going to start and lead us. Uh, felt very comfortable. That's why we signed uh, both of those guys and they were willing to do it. Um, you know, you, you, did, you do not envision getting to the third guy, but uh, here we are. So the ball going to be kicked off at uh, 730 and we'll be ready to play
0: just one follow-up we haven't seen a lot of David in game action save for last Friday night how would
2: you describe what kind of quarterback David Watford is
1: uh, he's there's no secret he, he's athletic he's strong I think everything that you see he's got a he's got a tremendously strong arm um you know he's tough I think the things that that uh, people don't really realize is just you know how hard he prepares even when he had a role of uh short yardage uh goal line package for us uh in 19 um and uh, you know but you know he's paid to play quarterback and he's going to get that opportunity well i mean if this was if this was a make it or break it game it, you know there would have been uh no doubt that jeremiah would be going uh, that's not the case and what's best for jeremiah and for our football team right now is to run david out there like i said jeremiah was available but that's uh, with all the information we had, we felt like our best, uh, our best situation, the best situation for our football team was to run David out there at least in the beginning and see what happened. So, to be honest with you, as it came, it was really close early in the week because we just didn't know how it was gonna uh, turn out. But as the week went on, uh, we, we started leaning more and more towards uh, David.
0: That is the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer, as he spoke after walkthrough today and uh, I'm not sure if he appreciated my question on uh, the confidence level and David Watford giving me the uh, the old come on man um, uh, well-deserved well-earned you know I, you, you gotta you gotta take those answers when you ask those kind of questions so uh, but I did ask David Watford what his confidence level was heading into this one against the stamps. Here's what he had to say after practice today. Uh,
3: very, very confident. And I think the, the confidence just comes from the guys, honestly. Um, you know, of course we're all professional athletes. We believe in our abilities. You know what I'm saying? We've all been blessed to make it to this level and we all have different talents and abilities, but I feel like my confidence really comes from the guys and just the people that we have, you know, around us. Um, you know, every, everybody is just, you know, super excited for me. And that makes me feel even more confident just because they're excited to, you know, see what I do and, you know, just what I'm able to bring. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just from from everybody, from defensive guys to, you know, our O-linemen, uh, receivers, running backs, you know, of course, Coach O, Tommy, the other quarterbacks are excited for me. So, it's you know, it's, that makes me feel even more confident. That makes me feel better and just excited heading into the game. Uh, yeah, it was it was something that I, I was able to like, it's been a process. I'll say it. I'll put it that way. It's been a process. It wasn't always like that. Um, honestly, you know, just being honest with myself and 100% transparent. It wasn't always like that. It was, you know, times where, you know, I kind of struggled and, you know, wasn't always, uh, you know, as prepared as I should have been. Um, and, you know, it, I, I had to learn from that and, you know, obviously grow as, as I gotten older and more mature. I was able to grow and learn from situations that I was in before and, you know, just just learn from the mistakes that I had made in the past and, and not carry that into the future. So, you know, if if, if I, as long as I have this opportunity to play this game, I'm going to be prepared as I, as I possibly can. Make sure I leave nothing to chance and, you know, just always be ready for that moment because you never know when it'll come.
0: That is David Watford. He will make his first career CFL start, his first career pro start. And uh, everybody is excited for him within the organization. Uh, you can see it out there. They're having fun. And if even if you can't see it, <laughs> I know because you're not here, but I can let you know that everybody seems to be, uh, has full confidence in him as a quarterback. Uh, none more maybe than uh, David Unger third. Uh, it was David Ungerer III's birthday today. He turned 26. We wished him a happy birthday and his uh, post-practice availability. But we also asked kind of having what it means to have that experience. As these two guys played a lot with each other last year on scout team. And, uh, you know, they they found some instant chemistry when, uh, when Watford came into the game. So I had to ask uh, Ungerer kind of what he thought about uh, Watford heading into this one.
4: I mean, first thing is she just pops out at you. Athletically, You know, he's a phenomenal athlete, huge arm. Um, second thing is once you get to know him, he's a phenomenal person, uh, great leadership qualities. Um, so happy that he gets this opportunity. So happy to play with him. Uh, yeah, we, we were able to connect some in scout team last year. And then we got to play with each other a good amount in that uh, last Toronto game of the season, uh, connected on a pass and then. You know, obviously the other night we were able to connect a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think he, he's done anything but proven that he can play in this league and help us win a game. Um, you know, even in that last game in 2019, you know, he led a fourth quarter drive for a game-winning field goal. So, I mean, he's done nothing but show that he's capable of doing the job and doing it, you know, to the point where we can win and, and do it to the best of his ability. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing that, helps me gain confidence is just every single day coming in and getting better every single day just trying to be as sharp as I can whether it's catching the ball or blocking or you know even just communicating um, with the offense making sure that we know down the down and distance and whether we're on the hash or not you know just those little things you know just knowing that I'm in tune and the team's in tune with me that makes me feel confident um obviously I've, I'm happy to have gotten more targets in the last couple of weeks and been able to make the most of them. Um, you know, but all I can really do is just focus on playing whatever snap, whatever call is made to the best of my ability. And, you know, if the ball comes, the ball comes. If not, if, if not, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, as long as we, sh- you know, end up with the win on Friday, that's all that matters yeah uh tommy condo he he said that earlier this week that like you're you're a veteran of this receiving core and like i had to think about it for a second and kind of laugh about it because it's like i i feel like i'm really just getting to know the game now you know um 2019 was a little rough for me and then you know this year it's really been my first you know action uh you know snap snap so uh yeah i mean to hear that was kind of funny but once i thought about it i've you know, I'm fully embracing it. And obviously, like you said, we have the veterans like B.A. and Speedy and, and Depot in the meeting room and they help a lot. They've been tremendous leaders during this time. Uh, but when we're on the field, you know, it's just us. So um, I definitely am trying to step up with that role and make sure that we're on the same page each snap. And like I said, just communicating with offense. Part of my role is to let us know what the down at distance is and whether we're on the hash or not. Um, and so just trying to, you know, be in tune and whatever whatever guys need help with, um, I'm ready to help them.
0: That is David Unger III, as he spoke after walkthrough today. All right. Very pleased now to be joined by the CFL.ca's Chris O'Leary. And uh, Chris, it's been a topic of conversation. Kind of I've been bringing it up all throughout the week. I've been trying to define who the 2021 Hamilton Tiger Cats are at this point we know they're not the 2019 tie cats so my question is simple who are the 2021 hamilton tiger cats
2: that's a good question and um i, I think it's it's one that we're we're, we're all thinking about if, if we're looking at the league and teams as they're trying to kind of build their identities this season um i mean i, I think it's safe to say they're not the 2019 tiger cats and i'm sure Armando steiner would have told you that on day one of training camp but um i, I think we've seen glimpses of that and you know and i, I think you don't want to try to duplicate exactly what you had in the past, but I think, I think you want to go back to the good things and, and build on them. And I think we've seen glimpses of that um, over the last two, three games uh, prior to Dane Evans' injury. Um, you know, and, and I think injuries have been a big part of, of um, maybe that lack of an identity to this point. Um, you know, I, I, To me, their, uh, their, their best game was, um, I believe, Labor Day, with um, just seeing that D-line with Ted Laurent and um, Dylan Wynn together. Uh, I know Dylan Wynn has missed a lot of time, and I think Ted Ronson's been kind of up and down mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of his, his health. Um, but just, I, I think that, that game, just seeing the defensive intensity, um, seeing Dane Evans out there, uh, I think that was his second game as a as a starter after uh, Masoli had been hurt. And uh, just, just it, that looked good. Like, that, that to me was the Ticats the team that, that we saw in 2019 and probably the one that they want to be this season. Um, and, and yeah, and I think we're just seeing now injuries of just hit hard and uh, you know, and I think you see it now at the most important spot on the field at, at quarterback and uh, with, with Dan Evans going down uh, some questions there. And, and in terms of what we're going to get and what we might see with David Watford, if he's playing. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's still very much uh, a work in progress. And I think the the one thing that works in the tie caps favor in this situation is just that I think there's about six other teams that are trying to find their, their identities. And, and, and they're all kind of jumbled together with, with uh, similar records right now. So I mean, there, there's still a lot of time to, figure out who you are, what you've got, what works, and, and try to build some separation there in the standings. I,
0: I think I ran through some of the stats like uh, last week. Um, you know, Jalen Acklin's the most experienced Ticats receiver out there with 23 games. And now, I mean, not, not including the offensive line, he is one of the most experienced offensive players out there for the Ticats. And I'm not picking on Jalen Acklin. He's done a great job. But I mean, that just shows you that the next man up mentality for the Ticats, it's not just something they say. It's something that they expect players to preach. And uh, here you go. You got third string quarterback, David Watford, who was actually just signed in August, of course, spent some time with the team in 2019. Now he's getting the start here against the, uh, against the stamps. It's not like he's coming off the street though. This is a guy who knows Tommy Condell. He knows the offense. And luckily enough, he knows some of these receivers he was playing with on the scout team in 2019.
2: Yeah, I think that makes a, a huge difference. Obviously, right? just just some, some familiarity for the player. I think just in knowing your personnel and and kind of what's around you and and you know, and maybe he's taking uh, limited reps in practice to this point and up until this past week. So so maybe he doesn't have that uh, that chemistry with the, the first team guys. But uh, but the, those things can come along. And he's at least been around them. So I think that works in his favor. And and I think prior to, to when we started recording, just to, and I think it's come up this week in, in media with with David as well. Just having that familiarity with Tommy Condell, knowing his offense. And then I think on the other side too, Tommy knowing um, Watford's strengths, right. And, and putting together a game plan that um, I don't think it has to be that simplified because he's been in the system and knows it well enough, but just one that's tailored to what Watford can do. And uh, you know, I, I think that works in their favor. I, I still think it's kind of a, an uphill situation. It's uh, you know, no, no team wants to, to be looking to the third stringer with uh, with your one a and your one D both banked up. Um, but I mean, this is, this is a guy that he should at least be comfortable, right? And, um, you know, and it, we don't know a lot about him. We haven't seen a ton of on-field work from him in, like, live bullets in games. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out this week. But um, I, I'm try, trying to make it sound optimistic. It could be much worse. I, I think <laughs> yeah. they, they've got it, – it's, it's, it's not, not a horrible situation here. You've got, you've got a guy that's got familiarity, and, and I, I think that'll help him.
0: Yeah, well said. Uh, let's take a look at this Stampeders team uh, coming off a win, a much, much needed win in that Labor Day rematch. In Edmonton, uh, you know, I had Jock Wilson earlier this week and, you know, I kind of asked him whether that, you know, a lot of people were kind of thinking, you know, should Bo Levi have gone for that big pass up nine with 20 seconds left? But I kind of thought like Bo Levi needed that. Calgary needed that. Oh, yeah. Because it was a pretty like, it was a pretty average game for Bo Levi, below average game for Bo Levi without that. And he knows he's got Jake Mayer kind of proven that he can run with this
2: offense. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, um, I, I think Bo needed that. I think the offense needed it. And, you know, and, and I think you always, you always look at those things when, when a team is struggling uh, and I guess technically Calgary is struggling. If you look, you look at the record and, uh, just everything they've been through, which feels so weird to say, just given how dominant Calgary has been for, like, the last decade. But, um, those are the things you say about struggling teams that like you, you look for those little positives, those glimmers toward the end. I mean, they, they got the win. So that was the, the ultimate positive for them. But, um, but no, I, I think they needed that. I also think they were thinking about that season series and the points for and against, and they know they'll see Edmonton, uh, or Edmonton could factor into their, their playoff fate as, as the season winds down. So they, they need points wherever they can get them. But um, no, and I think in terms of just putting the bad of that game behind them, uh, and there was a lot to, to put behind them, uh, I think they needed that play. And, and that's something that they can say, like, we left on this high note, uh, Kamar made a crazy catch. Like I've, I've watched that play like 20 times. I don't know how the ball got from that clump of receivers into Kamar's hands and into the end zone. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, would need like a, a rotating, you know, like NFL style yeah. camera to, uh, to really figure that one out. But, um, uh, just, just an incredible play. And, and I think that's a huge positive that they, they can take and build on. And, uh, you know, and I think the other positive that they can take from that game is just the, the, their defensive effort. And to me, that was probably their best defensive game of the season. And that defense has been a little bit underwhelming, right? I mean, it's, uh, even, I think everybody was maybe asked to do a little bit more when, when Bo was hurt, but. Um, for them to come out and get seven sacks, uh, Sean Lemon had that forced fumble at the end, which he always seems to do. Um, yeah, I, I think Calgary to me, there, there's a lot of energy there. They, they, I think they're coming into this game this week with some, uh, some good momentum.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Kamar Jordan, and uh, Stefan Banks, uh, CFL top performers, uh, for week six. And, uh, you mentioned it Well, you kind of said the D line and the defense of, uh, Calgary and the off we know the offensive line of the Ticats has had its struggles at some points this season. So should make an interesting matchup. Chris, it's always great to connect with you. I do have to say a couple of fans have tweeted me the CFL.ca picks for this week. And they, uh, they, they say, okay, good. Nobody picked us. That probably means we're going to win. So uh, thank you think, for giving some Ticats fans some encouragement on that front. I
2: try to do my part in, in, in the most subtle ways sometimes. So I think that, that was my contribution. I, I think Scott Mitchell even noticed that this week. I think I just saw him tweet that out too. So uh, no, we, we like to add the fuel to the fire if it's needed. We like to do our part in any way. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Man. Take care. My
0: thanks to Chris O'Leary for joining me on today's show, and my thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. I uh, always do appreciate it. We got a great lineup for you on uh, the Ticats Audio Network today, leading up to tomorrow's game. Uh, you can catch Task and Two's brand new episode of that launched. Uh, go check that out, and an all new episode of the Cats this week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker setting up tomorrow's game. Make sure to join us on tomorrow's broadcast. It is a 6 p.m. pregame. Tiger Cats. Pre-game presented by Active Green and Ross. It is a seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, If you're coming down, make sure to be listening to us. Ticats.ca, the Ticats All Access app or on radio 900 CHML Global Radio. Uh, We will talk to you tomorrow. Looking forward to a beautiful night under the lights here at Tim Hortons Field. Thanks so much for checking us out. Make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For the Ticats Audio Network, I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day.